This is Terminal Talk, the audio journal for the Owensville Terminal Model Railroad. Welcome and thank you for listening. My name is Tom Convoy and I will be discussing the experience of building an HO Model Railroad as well as other model railroad and railroad related topics. This is episode number three. Today on the podcast, I will be discussing operations. Operations, what is it? Basically, it is operating your model railroad like a real railroad. It involves modeling the paperwork and the specific jobs of a real railroad. There are several different types of operations, and I want to look at a few today. The first one I want to look at is just simply running your train on your layout. If you have a siding on your layout and you've ever taken a car and placed it on that siding, you have operated although in a very, very basic way. Another level that you can use for operations is to create something called a switch list. Basically, it's just a piece of paper that has written down on it a list of cars in the train. It will also include uh, those cars that need to be picked up at various locations on the layout. And uh, crews carry this list with them as they uh, take their train and they build their train and they set cars out at different industries. A third uh, option that can be used is something called car cards and waybills car card is a little card that has pockets to hold the waybills and on the car cards you will have data that is uh, from the rolling stock that's used. Uh, most of the time you'll find these for freight cars however I have noticed that some people have even set up car cards and waybills for uh, passenger trains. A waybill is the items that are going to be shipped or received. Uh, the shipper uh, may also need an empty car to load uh, it'll state this on the waybill, and it'll state what product is going to be shipped in that car after that empty car is received. And this little waybill is placed inside the pocket on the car card. Uh, the car cards and waybills are usually left at the industry site. Uh, they're placed in little bill boxes that are set up that you can place the cards in next to the industry. And uh, they're also carried by the crew. Uh, they'll be taken to an industry or placed at a yard as the crew uh, takes their train and uh, delivers and picks up cars. Another option is what is called timetable and train order. Now this can be a very elaborate system and it does require some planning before implementing. First thing you're going to need to do is construct a timetable and timetable is a schedule of trains. Train orders are issued by the dispatcher or station agent. The use of telephones or walkie-talkies or wireless radios is used by the dispatcher, the station agent, and the train crews to communicate with each other. There are some that will model train order signals, which basically means a crew needs to stop and pick up orders. In real life, most often, uh, orders were received on the fly. Uh, basically, the station agent would uh, place the orders in a hoop, and the train crew would grab the orders as they move by uh, on their train. Another option is to use something called CTC signals, or centralized traffic control. Uh, trains uh, will follow uh, the signal indications as they're moving their train from point A to point B. It's much like following traffic lights while driving. Now, these types of train control that I mentioned, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure there are many other methods that are out there that have been created to simulate operations on a layout. But these are a few that I'm familiar with, and these are a few that you will notice in a lot of publications that talk about creating uh, operations on your model railroad. The next item I want to look at is the jobs of the railroad first one, of course, is the engineer. As we all know, it's the one who drives the train. 
Uh, also the conductor who is the boss of the train, uh, the one who handles the waybills and all the paperwork. You also have what are called brakemen. Uh, these used to be uh, men who would get on top of the cars and actually engage the brakes on each of the cars. Uh, this was of course done prior to uh, the invention of air brakes. They were also responsible for coupling and uncoupling cars. You also have the dispatcher. The dispatcher is the one that monitors and directs the movement of trains over a subdivision. Uh, you can also have a yardmaster. That's one who oversees and directs yard switching. Many operators choose to combine these jobs. Uh, if you're a solo operator, of course, you do all these functions. Uh, many like to divide the work, and this is based on layout size. Uh, you can have one operator who acts as the engineer, another acts as the conductor or the brakeman. A uh, yardmaster will also operate the yard, and you will have a dispatcher who uh, issues train orders and directs traffic on the layout. And these are ways that you can incorporate uh, these different jobs uh, in operations to simulate the work of a real railroad. If I ever have the opportunity to have someone come over and operate, I can uh, have them run the train or work as a conductor even though my layout is very small. I could even incorporate a dispatcher if I wish to. podcast is presented free by podbean.com. Let's look at operating the OT model railroad. You may be wondering if operations can be used on a small layout. Uh, my layout, as I said before, is a four foot by six foot layout with a one foot by four foot extension. And the answer to that question is yes, you can. Uh, you can use a combination of methods, but not all of these methods can be incorporated together. Uh, for example, timetable and train order uh, with centralized traffic control uh, really does not work together. Uh, my method for operating the OT model railroad is I use a combination of switch lists and car cards and waybills. And I want to share that process with you and the steps that I follow. So let's look at some stages for that. The first stage I want to look at is the setup stage. Uh, what I do then is I look over the uh, car cards and waybills and determine the status of cars that are already located at staging or at industries or in the yard. And then what I'll do is after I've uh, looked at the status of everything and, and look at the car cards and determine where cars are supposed to go, I will go ahead and write up a switch list based on the shipping information that's located on each of the waybills. It'll tell me where I need to pick up and set out cars. Uh, it'll list those industries and it'll show those cars that are returned to the yard. And those cars that do return to the yard, uh, they will be moved offline in other words, they'll uh, leave my railroad for another railroad that is not modeled. And that's usually done at the end of the session. I will actually uh, take those off by hand, or what they call fiddle. Uh, let's look next at the operating stage. Uh, the crew, which is me, I'll take the switch list, and I'll begin building the train. And this starts in staging. And uh, just for clarification and simplicity, I'll just call this uh, first part Town A. And uh, I have two tracks that uh, represent Town A in staging. And what I'll do is I'll pick up the cars that need to be sent south, and I'll do this with the locomotive, and I won't use my hands at this stage. Uh, I, don't, I don't actively fiddle during the session. And uh, after the train has been uh, put together, I'll head out of staging onto the main track. Now this represents uh, coming off the branch line and onto the main line. And then what I'll do is I'll run my train for a set number of laps. And this represents the distance between town A to town B. Now this does take some imagination, especially on a small layout like mine, because you are 
you know, if you do like say five laps or six laps, uh, you're going through the same scene over and over again. But what I have found is when I get into the operating session, it helps me to create the illusion of distance. And I really don't think about the fact that I am moving uh, around the same uh, town over and over. I think of it as running from town A to town B and all the distance in between. Now, when the train arrives at town B, I'll take the train into the siding and I'll either set out or pick up cars at the local industries that are located in town B or I'll take those cars that uh, do not necessarily go to any industries that I picked up in town A and I'll leave them in the siding off the main line and this little siding that I have represents the yard tracks at town B. Then I will pick up cars destined for town A and I'll head back out onto the main line. I'll run back to town A by completing the same number of laps I used previously. Then I'll stop and align the turnout to head back into staging. And then I'll set out cars in town A, which again is my staging yard where I have two tracks that are located there. Then I'll take the locomotive uh, after I finish that switching and I'll set it on the engine track and then I will end the session. And believe it or not, this process can take up to 45 minutes of real time to complete. And I know that may seem strange with such a small layout, but I have found that if I, I try to operate at prototypical speeds, if I try to operate and take the steps to represent you know, the crew having to get off the train to throw the switch, it really enhances uh, the time, the illusion of time and distance. After I have completed that operation, I feel like that I have operated uh, my railroad like a real railroad. Time now for project updates. The August 2010 small project for section number four has gone well this month. I did receive my new yard office kit from Fallscale Limited. I've been working on that all month. It's almost finished. I have additional weathering I need to add to it, but it's about 99% complete. I haven't done any work on the barbed wire fence. I've just, just been having too much fun building this uh, craftsman structure, so I'm going to try to work on that next month. I've also uh, have not added additional scenic uh, textures to this section. Uh, again, working on the structure has prevented me from doing that. I talked last episode about building a static grass applicator and I said it'd probably be later this fall and it looks like it's going to definitely be later this fall and maybe this winter before I do that. I want to look next at uh, the September 2010 small project for section number four and I'm going to complete the pasture scene. I'm going to be attending the uh, National Narrow Gauge Convention in St. Louis in the first part of September and I do plan on purchasing some buffalo grass from uh, Scenic Express. It's a product made by a company called Silflor. Do hope to get that so I can finish my pasture scene. Of course, I'll have to finish the barbed wire fence. Uh, I also need to purchase some HO scale uh, cattle uh, to put in my field. And then uh, I also hope to install my new yard office on section number four. Time now for Information Station. I want to share with you some resources on model railroad operations. Two books of note are Realistic Model Railroad Operation, How to Run Your Trains Like the Real Thing by Tony Custer, and How to Operate Your Model Railroad by Bruce Chubb. Uh, these were uh, published by Kambach Publishing. I believe Bruce Chubb's book is out of print. Uh, I do think Tony Custer's book is still available. Uh, you can check out the Kambach website or 
you can check on eBay or Amazon.com to find one of these uh, books. Uh, both are very useful for setting up operations on your model railroad. I also want to share with you some video resources. The first one I want to look at is also from Model Railroader Magazine, and it's called the Dream Plan Build Video Series. The particular issue that deals with operations is called Special Project Edition Realistic Layout Operations, and it's uh, how David Pop uh, operates his Naugatuck Valley N-Scale Model Railroad. I find it also to be very useful. However, uh, you cannot order these videos separately. You have to subscribe to the series. They do not have a website, but if you are interested in subscribing to the Dream Plan Build video series, you can find them at this phone number, which is 1-866-730-0859. You can also try uh, eBay and look around to see if you can find this particular video. If you're really interested in it, you, you will have to subscribe and wait for them to actually send that to you. Uh, it's kind of like the old uh, record club. The second video resource I want to look at is from Joe Fugate and it's uh, his Model Trains video series. It's volume 6 and it's called Operating Like the Prototype. Now I have not personally viewed this video but I do know that Joe Fugate puts out a quality Model Railroad e-zine called Model Railroad Hobbyist and uh, based on the quality of that uh, e-zine uh, I believe these videos would also be of that same quality. And if you're interested in, in looking into that you can find that at model-trains-video.com forward slash volume6.php. You can also find all these internet links on the main page of this podcast. And that's found at terminaltalk.podbean.com. From now on, I'm going to be placing show links on this page. Those of you who are subscribing to this podcast through RSS feed, you will have to access the host site for these links. Another wonderful online resource is from the Gateway NMRA. You can find several articles on operations as well as other model railroad related articles on their website. This will conclude this episode of the podcast. Be sure to check back in October when we will be discussing more of what's going on with the Owensville Terminal Model Railroad. Thanks for listening. Royalty-free music for Terminal Talk has been provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.com.